0: Hello, welcome to State of Our Workforce, Where Are We Now? Where we go beyond the Department of Labor job numbers and explore issues at the forefront of workforce development. I'm Amanda Cage, the CEO of the National Fund for Workforce Solutions. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Today I will be in conversation with Michelle Wilson, our Director of Evaluation and Learning here at the National Fund. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Um so part of the reason we do this uh this av- event is to talk a little bit about how the Department of Labor monthly statistics don't tell the whole story and you have been deeply involved in thinking about how um how data tells a story. Can you talk about how this work all started for you and for us at the National Fund?
1: Yeah, sure. So Uh, A few years ago, we started an advancing workforce equity um, project with um, five of our our communities at the National Fund, so San Francisco, Seattle, Boston, Dallas, uh, and Chicago, Uh, and we really wanted to um, raise communities. deep dive through data with with stakeholder groups. So equity work groups. And these are folks um, that each of the communities decided who they brought to the table. Um, our requirements are our, our request around that really was to bring folks to the table and doing a stakeholder analysis, who, folks who were connectors, dot connectors, or decision makers, because we really wanted to create products that um um, were, were actionable. And so we wanted these folks at the table, we really wanted these folks to do a deep dive through um, the data, through indicators that each of the communities identified as important um, to, for, 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 for their uh, And then as a result of that work, which was really um, powerful, powerful work, we have those um, advancing workforce equity reports. Um, we wanted to keep this going. Uh, we realized in working with the communities um, that um, uh, understand disaggregated data, disaggregated data can be very confusing and intimidating the folks because it can feel like really overwhelming. Uh, And so um, making data available to everybody was really critical and helping them to understand that we really wanted to make that available to all of our communities at the National Fund. And so this is how um, the dashboard came about. And so this is a continuation of that work, um, democratizing data for our collaboratives and folks in their communities um, to look at. Um, what's happening in the workforce equity space.
0: <clears throat> so can you walk us a little bit through the, the dashboard? I know one of the um, features is that has uh, columns for workers, employers, and communities. And can you talk a little bit about why those three audiences were so important and what kind of information is important for those audiences to have?
1: Yeah, sure, so they, that's a, a great question. So we, the the dashboard really frames and the indicators really for our vision at the national fund our, our how we um see um our vision for thriving workers employers and communities right so that's where those tabs come um through that's part of our mission and vision it's how we do um decide on um on what we focus on in terms of our priorities it's what. Um, our collaboratives, um, those indicators frame out perfectly what what we're thinking, how folks should be thinking about where they step in or they jump in to identify solutions um, to some of the uh, inequities in workforce systems um, and then in in their community. So when you look at the workers tab, we really thought it was important, one, that we understand the educational landscape and how folks are getting paid education by education. Um, we also look at um, unemployment numbers, things like that. And then when you look at the workers, tab, I mean the empl- employment tab, we really need to be able to show the demographics of a community. Um, also um, I, I, to, to paint a picture of um, 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 a community where you, where um, the wealth gap is so stark, right? Like how much money is left on the table by not enacting equitable practices, those kinds of things. And then when you get to the communities tab, we really move into the space determinants of work, right? Things that are so critical to how we think about um, the work that we do or where we find employment to support ourselves, right? So we're talking about transportation and we're talking about housing costs, but also what does it mean to have, you know, equitable wages? Like, what, what, what do we have to work towards in order to make those things? Happen? So that that's how um, those indicators. Uh, <clears throat>
0: Can you give me an example of why deeply disaggregated data matters like a real like one really clear data point that shows um why it's important to to look at this um disaggregated data.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting and looking at the uh, um the the numbers um um the jobs numbers um the, it, it says that that unemployment for Asian Americans is 2.4% nationally and that seems like wow that's really terrific. That's a really low number. But um, one of the reasons why our Dashboard is sort of so important is that I can then go is like, oh, how does this hold true for our community, right? So they can look at that and they can see the disaggregation. But really, that still doesn't tell the full story. That's a level of disaggregation. But what we really need to be able to do um, to um, really disrupt systems is to go a deeper level and look at this by- like and nativity um, right because again we know that communities are not monoliths so understanding that there's the asian american population but if you look at those subgroups and you'll see that they don't all <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't bear true for everybody in that subgroup so knowing that if that's a community you can target a strategies to disrupt those oppressive systems right and and part of we, and, the, and the way that we do that is really once we understand the numbers, is then to have a conversation about the drivers of inequity. Like, why does that number exist? And then what do we have to offer as a solution towards that?
0: So I know, Michelle, you've been really um, involved in understanding the data for our collaborators in the 34 communities in which we work. Um, Is there one data point that sticks out for you that tells a different story when you look at that, at that that disaggregated data that just one that sticks out in your head that's that's common across communities.
1: Yeah you you say stick out in your head, sticks out in my head, I say sticks in my craw. I don't even know what a craw is, but sticks <laughs> out in my craw, whatever a craw is. But um, it's and you see this repeatedly is that um, white workers with a high school earn on average more than black workers with an with some college or an associate's degree right yeah. that's that's a problem right like that and, and so if we're talking about the drivers of inequity this is where the why questions come in right and so this is this is how we start unpacking disrupting these systems that um allow such something like this to exist, right? So that sticks in my craw, and I'm going to learn what a craw is, but yes.
0: Uh, Well, I have to say that, you know, I think part of what's really interested about having all this data is really disrupting those narratives, right? That that example you just gave, we have such a strong narrative in this country that education is a great equalizer. And once we started looking at that data and sort of Uh, interrogating it, we find that that's not always the case. Um, I wanna thank you, Michelle, for being with us today. Um, I love talking to you about data. Um, And uh, and thank you everybody else who's joining us uh, via the live stream. Uh, Please join us next month when we uh, bring the state of our workforce uh, again. And you can go to nationalfund.org to find out um, our upcoming broadcast. So thank you everyone who is here today.